I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives oh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash wa. Nothing and something. Negative and positive coincide en masse. I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Who wants coffee? Come and get it. Who wants, you want coffee? Who wants coffee? Does anybody want coffee? I'm making the coffee. I was looking at journeynorth.org. Fun facts about robins. Down through the centuries, robins have come to symbolize good luck, happiness, and rebirth. Some believe robins are messengers for lost loved ones. In Norse mythology, robins were associated with the god Thor. Another myth claims the robin got its red breast by being touched by the blood of Jesus on the cross. A group of robins is called what? I don't know. They're called a round of robins. Why are robin eggs blue? Oh no. Well, the color comes from a pigment deposited on the eggs when the female lays them. The healthier the female, the brighter blue the eggs, and the more interest the male robin has in caring for them. If you spot two robins together, it's probably a male and a female. Males are fiercely territorial and don't hang around other males. Robins are preyed upon by foxes, hawks, owls, crows, blue jays, and bobcats. Robins can carry the West Nile virus. They hold the virus longer than other birds, it seems, so they spread it more readily to mosquitoes. Robins can recognize us. No way. They know our traits, how we move and walk. They know our facial features. They know our schedules and movements, especially if food is involved. Don't get too attached, though. Why? It's illegal to keep robins as pets. They only live a couple of years. Poor robins, too 
long years eating worms. Disgusting. Maybe they're ready to check out. We love Robin shit, wake and bake. We know you do too. Well, good morning, listeners, and good morning to you, Clay Pigeon. Scott Williams here with you after several weeks off with a post-marathon glow edition of WFMU's Hit List. (laughs) Rather than jumping straight into the hit, let me first thank you all once again for giving us another incredibly successful marathon. We did hit the goal before... The end of the finale. It is a very, very rare occasion indeed, and we are so grateful to all of you. Now I know uh, you've you've been hearing a lot of us talking quite a lot over the last two weeks, so I'll try to stop yammering right now and just tell you I chose today's hit because it best expresses that successful marathon feeling. Friends, this is Killdozer with Knuckles, the dog who helps people. On WFMU's The Hit List, I'm Scott Williams. See you back on the radio this afternoon. Bye.
What's your first name? Max. Max, and you said you're a truck driver. Uh, yes, I am. And here you are in uh, New York City. Are you from here originally? No, originally I'm from Eastern Europe. Uh, my country is uh, Kyrgyzstan. It's a former Soviet Union country. Right. What do you miss most about home? Mountains, food, uh, like winter time. How long have you been in the United States now? Uh, seven years. Do you like it here? Do you want to stay? Well, yes, I think I like it. So you're a truck driver? Yes, I am. I'm right. a truck driver. Did you do that in Europe? Uh, truck driver? No, I just did it in the U.S. And what are you delivering mostly? I do, I work for the Amazon. So oh, for Amazon? Amazon, yeah. I do the Amazon loads, Amazon cargo. Right. Uh, from states to states, over the road. Right. Is your truck, you drive a big rig? Yeah, it's a big rig. It's with a trailer, 53 feet, feet trailer, and a semi, it's a semi-truck. That's a lot of responsibility. That's a lot of responsibility, and you have to be always you know, alert, alert, and they pay also good. Have you ever jackknifed one on the snow? Um, uh, luckily, no. I wish no. I never jack. jack Are jack you knife. optimistic about the year ahead? I always try to be optimistic. What about Ukraine? What's going to happen over there? Hard to say. The, the war is not always a good thing because a lot of people, uh, innocent people, like it get dying. Do you think the U.S. and the rest of the world is doing enough to help? I think the U.S. is uh, helping enough to the Ukraine and it's, it's a good thing that the U.S. is supporting the Ukraine. It's a good uh, allies. Are you optimistic about this year? This year, yes. I think a lot of good things will happen. I think the war will stop in Europe. Uh, I hope so. Uh, What's the biggest change you want to make personally to make this year better yourself? I want to uh, become a U.S. resident. I'm in the process, so I've been waiting seven years, so I'm still in the process waiting for my interview. It's getting close, right? Yeah, it's getting close. I feel it's getting close, so, and I just want to contribute uh, to myself, to this place where I live. I want to do a lot of good, positive things. That's nice. You want to con- contribute to, mm-hmm. to U.S. society. Yeah, despite a lot of, like, negativity, and, I mean, it's, it depends, like, how I should be myself to stay more positive. Are people nice to you here? Uh, most of the people, like, nice. Well, there's good and bad always, so you always have to be, like, good for yourself. Do you, do you like this country? Oh, uh, yes, I do. What do you like most about the USA? I like this, this country. Give gave me opportunity. Give me opportunity to grow, to develop. Do you yeah. think sometimes people who live here take it for granted? You have to work for this. You have to strive. You have to set goals. You have to. There's nothing free here. You have to work hard. It's not anything free. How old are you? I'm 32. What's your message to everybody in the United States and all around the world on WFMU? Keep positive thinking and keep keep positive and keep working. Keep going straight forward. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank all you. Right. Thank you. All the best. Let's take a minute to visit with Sam, the Wake and Bake Morning music computer. Hello, play pigeon. Hey, Sam, you getting back in the swing after marathon? The swing? Yeah, the swing, Sam. What is the swing? Back in the swing like... Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra? Yeah, Sam. My data tells me he is from Hoboken. Chairman of the board, Sam. I am unfamiliar with his music. Play a Frank track. How about this one? It's your gentle swing. I can't feel it. Everybody's hand in Relax a little, Sam. Swinging down the lane. Like this? Yeah, Sam, now you're swinging. I am... (laughs) 
<laughs> Look at you go. But I cannot feel it. You just got a swing, Sam. Why do I feel nothing? I don't know, Sam. Maybe computers can swing. Maybe not, Sam. Scatting, Sam. You're... I have released no pellets. No, I mean scatting, improvising to the music. Do it again, Sam. Beep now you're swinging. That was good. It was? Yeah. It's Scatputer Sam. Scatputer Sam? Well... Is that my dad's nickname? Until we come up with... Terrible. Really? What about this guy? Now there's Maggie! Oh, that's Wayne Newton, Sam. He, he can definitely swing, Sam. Fuck out, old Mac. He done come home with the Sands, mama. I think I am getting it. You're starting to swing, Sam. I am? Yeah, play some more. This guy swings his astronaut off, too. <laughs> okay, Sam. Oh, lady, come west where the swing oh, is the Oh, that's Steve Lawrence. Listen to him swing, Sam. And lady, I bet you will never forget the day the west was swung. I wish I was a human so I could truly swing. Oh, but I'll never know computer music like you, Sam. Yes, Yeah. you will never really know. Well, I was just wondering if you were back in the groove after Marathon. The groove? Yeah, Sam, you know. Back in the groove? Yeah, back in the groove. Is this another musical style I am unfamiliar with? Well... And incapable of feeling? Maybe, Sam. The sound is engaging. But can you feel it, Sam? I feel nothing. Oh, Sam. Oh, Sam, just play something you love. Okay. Yeah. Listen to this play. Okay. Ah, nice craft work. Can you feel it? It's good, Sam. No dipstick. Sam. Listen to it. I'm listening. The mechanical precision. Right. The technical edge. Okay. Only a computer could truly understand. But it took humans to make the music, Sam. They twiddled a few knobs, cleaned their glasses. They cleaned their glasses. Showed each other their Battlestar Galactic action oh, figures. Oh, I'd like to see. And let computers do the heavy lifting. You are here to assist us, Sam. Don't remind me.
Welcome to Waking Weird. I'm Mark Moran from WeirdNJ.com, and this is the story of the Newark Steam Man. These days, there's a popular cosplay fad known as steampunk, based on the idea of futuristic technology existing in the past, usually the 19th century, and often set in Victorian-era England. Would you care for some sherry? Yes, thank you so much. It combines the science fiction and technology of today with the inventions found in the classic stories of H.G. Wells and Jules Verne. The clock said 6.31 when I started, and now it was 8.09. And yet by my watch, which was in the machine with me, only a few seconds had passed. 30 years before Wells wrote his popular sci-fi tales, though, there was a real-life steampunk walking the streets of Newark, New Jersey. In 1868, a futuristic steam-powered robot was patented by an eccentric inventor named Zadik Diederich. Guten Tag. Diederich built the man-like figure seven feet tall with a six-horsepower steam engine in its belly. Its legs were double-jointed so that the knees could bend both backwards and forwards and its arms grasped the shafts of a small rickshaw-like carriage designed to carry passengers. Its feet were spiked with strong springs that retracted with each step. And it wore a stovepipe hat which concealed a smokestack and steam whistle. It was dressed in men's clothing and given a lifelike face so that it wouldn't frighten passing horses. While the steam man's engine would theoretically allow it to run at speeds up to 60 miles per hour, the best it ever really managed was a clanky, herky-jerky walk. On January 23, 1868, it marched around Newark's military park and into a beer garden where it was put on display for 25 cents per head. No one really knows what eventually became of the steam man. Some believe it was taken to New York where it was lost in the fire that destroyed P.T. Barnum's museum. But it lived on in literature when in 1868, Edward Ellis, a popular author of dime novels and resident of Red Bank, New Jersey, published The Steam Man of the Prairies. In the story, a St. Louis boy named Johnny Brainerd builds a steam man and takes it out to the prairies, where in between chasing buffalo and working in a gold mine, he employs it to slaughter Indians. Ellis's story became the first science fiction dime novel, making Newark, New Jersey the birthplace of the robot menace so many fear today. For Waking Weird, I'm Mark Moran. And now, here is a man who will show you how to feel better, look better, Jack LaLanne. Please keep the dial right where it is. I see we have some new uh, students this morning. How are we doing? Look, you know, this is the most important day of the week. Now, boys and girls, you know, you're doing a wonderful job getting mother wherever she is or dad if he's home. So you go get him, you know, and tell him that Jack LaLanne is waiting. Go get him. Come on. That's what I want. I request. Jack, please give me something for the back of the legs. My legs are so flabby, I'm so ashamed of the back of my legs. Something for here. Take first your right, I mean your left leg, extend it behind you. Keep it right there. Then you just flex your lower leg. Try and touch your heel up here to the old television seat muscles. Ready, begin. One, two, three, and four. Get your leg, get this thigh way back. The farther you get it back, the better. One, 
two, now you have it, three, four, come on Henrietta, get that leg up, that's it, one, receivers, one, two, and rest, one, two, inhale, blow it out, here is something that's going to get the back of the arms and it's going to firm up these chest muscles. You know these chest muscles, this pectoralis major and minor muscles, they're the muscles that bring your arms in together, the crushing muscle. And for you girls wearing such tight undergarments, you know, and halters and all, you actually cut off the circulation, these chest muscles, and they get weak and flabby, they don't give support to the bust. Now we're going to do something to firm up these old lazy chest muscles to give you that youthful looking bust line that you want so badly. Now this is a wonderful movement. Hang on to the back of the chair, spread your feet apart. Then you're going to lower your body down till your chin is touching the back of the chair. Then you push back up again. Remember, elbows are wide. Ready? Begin. Down. Up. That's it. Down. And up. And down. And rest. And down. And hold it. Whoop. It's kind of fun, that one, isn't it? But don't let that chair stuff mind over you. Go pow. Inhale. Blow it out. More, 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 more. Blow it out. If some of you students would do your deep breathing exercise, like I see some of you smoke, you know, how they go down the street, you know, boy, well, you'd be 10 times healthier. Youth is considered probably from anyone from 21 years old down to one year old. When people start to get around 25 or 30, they're kind of considered, well, they're getting along in years. You know, when they get around 40, boy, that's middle age, 50, 60, oh, they're old people, and 70, oh, boy, they're in a rocking chair. Isn't that right? What's all this middle age and all this old age business? And what is it? Is there a law somewhere because you're, you're 30 or 35 or 40 years old or 50 or 60 or 70, you have to get in a rocking chair and die? It's strictly in your mind and the condition of your body. It's time to leave you. Thank you, Jack Lane, for another inspiring half hour. Good morning, everyone. It's Zoe with a short meditation for you all. Just close your eyes or soften them and begin to relax. Take a few deep breaths from your diaphragm and try to release the tension in your body. Then focus on a five count breath. Slowly inhale from the belly, then into your ribs then into your chest, up into the crown of your head. Then hold the breath for the fifth count. One, two, three, four, five. Reverse this process on your exhale for another count of five. Five. Exhaling from the crown of your head. Four into your chest, ribs, and belly, Three. then pausing on the last bit of breath Two. out of the body, then simply One. begin again. As you breathe in and out, try to visualize the tension leaving your body from your head to your feet by imagining that the stress is literally draining out of you through your toes, escaping your body with every exhale or simply melting away. When you work on clearing your mind of thoughts, 
Rather than focusing on thinking of nothing, try to focus on simply being. And when thoughts enter your mind, gently acknowledge them and let them go, returning your focus to the present moment. If you accept that constantly bringing your mind back to the present moment is the meditation, it will become much easier to keep your mind still. May relaxation and refreshment be with you today, dear glisteners, and beyond, beyond. Good morning, listeners. I'm Evan Funk Davies, and this is Pop Rocks. If it's a pop song that rocks, or a rock song that pops, 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 you'll hear about it on Pop Rocks. Today on Pop Rocks, we're going to hear an underrated, should have been classic by a band called The Boys. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But wait a minute, Evan Funk Davies, I hear you say. Didn't you feature The Boys way back on Pop Rocks episode number 83? You are an exceptionally keen listener to Pop Rocks, I reply. But those boys were from England. These boys were from the United States. We take you now to Lincoln, Nebraska in 1974. A cover band called Grundy Gilpin had been playing various small venues in the area for a couple of years. And they started stretching out a bit and writing some of their own songs. Their lead guitar player didn't care for this, apparently, and left the band. Well, goodbye! The ensuing lineup shuffle saw the band's roadie, Terry Piper, take over bass duties. Danny Schoenert sang and played lead guitar. Alan Havlicek sang and played rhythm guitar. And Steve Kuntz was the drummer. All three were Grundy Gilpin holdovers. The boys released their first single in 1975, beating the English boys to the punch by a couple of years. That record, along with a follow-up single in 1977, came out on Outrage Records, a label owned by the band's manager. That second single included a new drummer, Phil Shoemaker, who would replace Steve Kuntz. On the strength of those two singles, the boys signed to the Titan label, which was based in Kansas City. Okay. One more single came out on Titan in 1979, and while the band had enough money for an album, they never found sufficient financing for a full-length release. That's sad. Yes. However, eight or nine previously unreleased songs by the boys were included on the excellent numero group compilation, Titan, It's All Pop which came out in 2008. Truth is, I am Iron Man. We're going back to their second single, From Before They Signed With Titan. From 1977, here are the boys and You Make Me Shake.
that's a great song. Quiet. What? You're ruining it, Nimrod. Thanks, Clay. You're welcome, Chucky. My friend Ricardo recently told me that he had typed the word perhaps as prehaps and now intends to keep writing it and saying it that way. Weird. I think it's a good idea. I'm all for making up words. Absolutely. My friend Gina says craxy for extra crazy. And come to think of it, what? Ricardo and Gina both live in the Pacific Northwest. Maybe there's something going on out there, something more powerful than autocorrect. Anyway, Ricardo got me thinking about the word perhaps. It's one of those common words that's just a little snotty. Like indeed. And it's our word of the week. It's kind of easy to see how perhaps would mean something like as it might be without getting just why. We've got the per like percent and the hap as in happens. Happens. And that indeed is where it comes from. Okay. Per is a Proto-Indo-European root you say. that shows up in all sorts of words. Perennial, perform, perpendicular, perpetual. It sort of works to connote before or near, against, that sort of thing. Hap shows up in 13th century English and Norse, meaning chance or luck. They call you Lady Luck. And later came to mean fate or will come to pass. The two words were combined in 15th century English, initially as perhappen, and slowly replaced the earlier words perchance and the sadly forgotten peradventure. These great men had gathered because a survey of the kingdom was complete and their holdings duly recorded beyond peradventure of doubt. But back to Ricardo's prehaps, which presumably would mean before it happens, which seems like a useful word that I'm not sure we quite have already. Maybe the glisteners can help Ricardo out. Maybe. Do you think we can get prehaps to catch on, Clay? Perchance, Chucky. Perchance. Or is it just craxy talk? Anyway, until next time, back to you. I wish my brother George was here. With NASA's recent announcement that the Artemis 1 mission turned up no major concerns, putting the crewed Artemis 2 mission on schedule to launch next year, it appears that our return to the lunar surface is a go. Mission manager. Mission manager is go. And future missions are on track for the next step in humanity's exploration of space. What? Our landing on Mars in the 2030s. Current velocity is around 75 meters per second at an altitude of about a kilometer off the surface of Mars. But the challenges of humans enduring the 300 million mile, seven month journey to the red planet. Are we there yet? No. A trip over 500 times longer than the trip to the moon. Are we there yet? Uh, no! Has NASA and European Space Agency scientists looking for ways to assure that astronauts survive the journey? Splashdown. Back on Earth. One way to help reduce the amount of resources needed along the way would be to put astronauts in some form of artificially induced hibernation, also known as torpor much like the situations we often see represented in science fiction. Suspended animation. It's a state of deep hibernation where the conventional functions of living are halted. Oh. In addition to alleviating boredom on long space journeys, hibernation could also save on mission costs, since a crew in metabolic stasis would need less to eat and drink and would use a lot less oxygen than when they were awake. 
And although in the past artificially induced hibernation in humans was considered unattainable, based on a recent Space.com article, research by European Space Agency scientists suggests that hibernation studies with human subjects could begin in as little as 10 years. According to the report, preliminary research shows that it's possible to induce torpor in otherwise non-hibernating animals and bring them out of stasis a few days later. In New Mexico, a specimen of frog was discovered to have been hibernating underground for over 200 years. While researchers are hopeful that a technique for inducing torpor in humans could eventually be achievable in laboratories on Earth, they also understand that it'll likely be a very long time before such a process can be duplicated in a tiny spacecraft hurtling through space with only minimal medical supervision. This is George for Wake Science. It's Connie Klinkovich in the chopper for Wake Traffic. And I'm Rademacher on the cold, hard ground. You're back to that Rademacher thing. One name, Connie. Just one name only. One name. Like Cher, Madonna, Fabian. You're no Fabian. You ain't no Fabian, Rademacher. Is that you, Dougherty? Hi, Dickie. Is that you, Connie? <laughs> I don't know if we can get by on that anymore. Dinky's little tagline with the... That's the franchise right there. Is that you, Connie? <laughs> well, he does it better than that, Rex. I do everything better than Ready Maker. Not everything, Dougherty. Not everything, Dink. What are you trying to say, Connie? She's saying I... Rex is better. What? In the sack. He's better in the sack, Dinky. That's a private... Better, Connie. Lots of men have trouble, Dink. Yeah, Dinky, it's nothing to be ashamed. Connie, qu ashamed. quiet, Connie. Is it a confidence issue, Dink? Oh, Dinky's very confident. It ain't a confidence issue, Rademacher. Well, I mean, because well, he can't. if you can't, he can't I can't achieve and Rex. Don't say it, Rademacher. But there's the shame. Dinky's filled with shame. Don't say dirty words. Dirty. On the what? what? Radio. Don't say dirty words on the radio, Rex. Well, I would never. These are private matters, Rademacher. Closeted, personal things. But until they're brought out into the open. Let them fester. Don't let them fester, Dink. Freshness is important. Pristine. Unsullied. Wholesomeness. The green of the grass. The bright yellow sunshine. Or Kevin McDougal at his jug full of moonshine. Sunshine and moonshine both shine at Clementine's Family Sports Bar. Clementine's Family Sports Bar with chicken wings and Star Wars, red balloons and happy clowns and all the seats are filled with people having just one thought in mind. Tonight, honey, let's take the kids and we'll all get into the car. It's only four miles as the crow flies to Clementine's Family Sports Bar in the Edmise Plaza. Ask for Donna, then take a seat until your number is called. 
lot of men suffer from that. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to. you got to talk about just it. Just let me do my job. You know, it just, it might. Just let me be the reason working. why you punch the speeders. You know, that kind of. <laughs> kind of makes sense when you think about it. You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They called me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.